Good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Gypsy Jazz Hangouts. My name is Cornelius. And this episode, we have the amazing Daniel John Martin. Uh, it was a real pleasure to play with the guy. He's a really fantastic musician, a really cool dude. Um, he was doing a, like a UK tour uh, earlier on this year, played all over the place. And uh, he got into London very early in the morning, on Eurostar, and he came around and we recorded the session. Um, and it was really great fun. Uh, we, we actually live streamed this last night uh, on YouTube, like not live stream as such, but a YouTube premiere as it's called. Um, if you tuned in, cool, thanks very much. If not, if you missed it, you, it's still up there, so you can go onto the YouTube channel and watch this podcast as well, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I imagine most of you know who Daniel John Martin is. Um, very highly respected, very well established violin player, uh, based in Paris. Um, just a quick glance at who he's played with really tells you everything you need to know. He's played with Angela Debye, he's played with Adrian Monyard, Rocky Grasset, Ramon, Bulo Ferre, Samson Schmidt, Noe Reinhardt. I mean, he's really right in the center of the Paris jazz scene. The guy's, he's plugged into the matrix, this guy. It's uh, pretty cool. Now then, before we crack on, uh, there's two things I need to say, and I'll try and be super quick. Um, as I say, this was recorded before the lockdown. So um, we talk quite a lot about Toby Medlin's festival, the Gypsy Jazz Festival of London. Uh, obviously, that hasn't been able to happen due to coronavirus, which is pretty gutting. We're all looking forward to it. Uh, I was looking forward to doing a few gigs and a podcast session with Robin Nolan, uh, but that obviously couldn't happen. Well, anyway, I was talking to Toby and he wanted me to let you know that um, they have plans for when the venues open up again. They're going to be putting on some gigs uh, in association with the festival with some really exciting artists. And next year, they're going to put the festival on, hopefully with no viruses, pandemics, plagues, locusts, nothing's going to get in the way of this one. It's going to be amazing. So find them on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and keep up to date because there's a lot of really exciting developments. Number two, a bit of a disclaimer, um, quite annoyingly, when we recorded this, uh, we finished the session, and then we went to hit stop on the recording, um, the computer crashed, and so we lost all of the audio of this podcast, which is pretty bloody annoying. Uh, So uh, we had to then use the uh, inbuilt microphones from the, the cameras that we used, which is less than ideal, but I think we put together a pretty decent, pretty decent audio. Uh, but yeah, just a quick disclaimer: apologies if the audio quality isn't quite as good as previous episodes. Um, okay, that's it. Without further ado, um, Gypsy Jazz Hangouts, episode four. Cheers. No, no, you can do what you want. Well, you can, like, pretend to be doing tech. No, no, it's good, it's all good. Just don't hang Yeah, you can pretend to be answering the, 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 the messages we receive on their, by the, the direct, yeah, on the live stream. That's actually cool. <laughs> so we just pretend there's a live stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, don't be all scared to, like... Okay, so Renato is asking... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lucy from Oxford says, what a sexy band. Like, Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, let's play, let's play Topsy, yeah? yeah? All good? Yeah. Okay, yeah. sweet. So, I'll go around. No, I can't do that because that's how we started the last podcast. Oh. 
Let's go straight into it then. Yeah? Straight? Yeah, yeah, straight into it, yeah? Mm? Okay. One, two, one, two, one, two, three.
Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Nice. Thanks stuff. so much. Stuff. stuff. Lovely stuff. stuff. Hey, lad, I love a bit of that sort of. I love a bit of gypsy jazz, so I do. <laughs> Daniel, how you doing, man? Are you well? Fine, thank you. Since yes. I've arrived, yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's much appreciated. Andrea, doing alright, mate? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoying it. It's great. It's great to be here. Yeah. Yep. Marcus, you alright? Pretty good, thanks. Two in a row, mate. Two in a row. Two in a row. Yeah. Well, I've, just, I've just stayed here. You might as well just move in. You yeah. know, it's all you with a house base there. Resident base there. So you got the train up today from Paris, the Eurostar? Early in the morning. Early, Early in the morning. morning. Too early for a musician. Musicians get yeah. up at the crack of noon. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're in the UK for like a couple of weeks, is that right? For a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah, you got loads going on. You're playing all over. Do you still place. say the UK? Yeah, yeah. You still say the UK. Yeah, I guess. Brexit. No, the B word. The Brexit. B word. Yeah, right. No, no politics on the podcast. I'm banning it right no, now. No, because I know you've got a bit of Scottish blood, so. Yeah. I do, and it's it's boiling right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what else have you got on uh, for this uh, two weeks in the UK? I'm playing with friends here and there yeah. and everywhere. Here and there and everywhere. Sounds like a good trip. Meeting nice people all, all along. Yeah. Having and fun. some horrible ones, probably. And some horrible ones. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I'll be. No, no, I, I, get, I, I, I usually get rid of the horrible ones very quickly. Okay, good. He, he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't mess around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, life's too short. Oh, definitely. True, that, true. Well, you know, we're quite lucky in the jazz scene. I mean, I've lived in London for two years. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a rough joint. You meet a lot of different people, but... Being part of the jazz scene, you tend to just meet lovely folks, I find. I mean, one or two cunts, but that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I literally mean one or two. It's, it's all right, isn't it, you know? I mean, you've been here like 20 years. Names, give us names, give us names. <laughs> yeah, I can give you a list, yeah. Give me a list, yeah, how long you got. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a secret blacklist going around mm. yeah, yeah. with names. Hopefully I'm not on it. <laughs> I was going to say, let me have a look at mine. Have a look. What's the Paris scene like? Because so far, in the two years I've been here, London scene has been pretty friendly, pretty accommodating. Is it's it... blooming, isn't it, the London scene? Whereas sure. in, the, in Paris, we've had a difficult year, as all of you know. Yeah, right. And um, the music scene seems to be going downhill a bit. You think yeah. that's... Or changing, a... anyway. Changing. Okay. Changing for the worse? Changing. changing. So, uh, changing. you know... I have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've never really done much playing around Paris, but I hear like it's um, it's quite vibey, the jams, you know? Mm. Like London's vibey, but my friends say, geez, you've got to bring your A game when you get to Paris. Like, you've got to be really good. Do you think that's fair? Well, it's, it's one of the world's uh, centres when it comes to um, this style of jazz, yeah, yeah I would say. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess this is you a meet, You meet a lot of... The, you know, the main people over there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially in Samoa, of course. Well, that's where everyone's at. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where yeah, everyone's You've playing. got Angela over there. You've got Roman living over there. Adrian lives over there. Matthew lives over there. Yeah. Uh, so there's Samoa in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the mecca of Gypsy Jazz. Uh, but then there are others that I don't know that well, like in the Netherlands. I don't know if it's Amsterdam or elsewhere. You'd think it was Amsterdam in the Netherlands, I guess. I've never, actually, you know what? I've never been to the Netherlands. Really? Yeah. Never been. Yeah. Never been. You've been? I've been a couple of times here. Went down to Amsterdam. I didn't play, but, you know, just uh, to check out the place. I met with Robin last time I was over here. Uh, I met with him in Liverpool. Uh-huh. Uh, had a meal or two together and, you know, chatted. 
Nice, nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. He's actually, as it stands, going to be doing a podcast in the summer. Oh, cool. Was, like before yeah. one of his gigs for the festival. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's 99% confirmed, yeah. so don't jinx it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I ended up in Amsterdam once because I was meant to get a flight to Spain with my girlfriend. And, no, wait, no, I know, no, that's a different story. And you were I drunk, think, and you were drunk, and you <laughs> no, ended up in Amsterdam. No, this, is a, this is a different flight I missed. I was going to Berlin and missed that flight. And I was going to meet my girlfriend in Berlin because it was her 30th. And we we're going to have like a, day, like a few days hanging out in Berlin. So the flight I had to get was via Amsterdam. And it got into Amsterdam at 10 at night and flew to Berlin at like 6 in the morning. So I thought, while I'm here, I might as well go check out Amsterdam for a bit. And I was hanging around, and I was going to go to Captain Zeppo's, which is mm. where Robin Nolan mm. plays a bit. And I, was still, I bought a bag of chips, and I was still outside finishing the chips before I could go in. And I saw this lad walk by, he looked right familiar. And he was actually a fella from the village that I'm from, uh, in Yorkshire. <laughs> and I was like, bloody hell, it's Brendan. And uh, he, I couldn't believe it, what the odds? And he, he just said, what are you doing? I said, oh, look, I just missed this flight, I'm sort of on my own. And he's like, well, do you want to hang out with us? And I was like, yeah, who's us? And he went, lads! And there was like 10, 10 lads, yeah! And they were on just like a lads sort of holiday in Amsterdam. So I was like, right, you're coming with us, boy. And off we went around Amsterdam, it was great fun. Yeah. All right, lads, let's play another tune. Why not? Any, uh, any requests on this side of the room? No. No? Okay, good. Well, we won't ask again. <laughs> <laughs> How about that was in the... Should we do... Jingles Castle? Yeah, yeah. Manoir de Mireille. Yeah, lovely tune, one of my favourites. Famously on the Mafia soundtrack, there was a computer game called Mafia and it has all Django Reinhardt tunes as the, oh, yeah? as the soundtrack. So we like driving around, this was the tune that would be playing as you drove around oh, okay. in New York. Yeah. You're right, Toby. I'm great, yeah. yeah. Toby's, in yeah Toby's in the room. I was going to say, you'll just have to. The beer any good? Walking around and like pouring coffee and like. Is the beer any good? I haven't started it yet. Oh, okay. I'm I'm still on the coffee. Coffee and cigarettes. As you know what? Oh, that's a great movie. You know, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, good combination. Good combination. Does anybody want some more coffee? Well, Alec, can go make some more. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I might have to top up. You're going to make some more anyway, are you? Just an excuse.
Lovely. Very nice. Yeah. I've been whistling like that since the milkman back in Yorkshire. <laughs> like, uh, coming up the lane. Beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Um, they don't deliver milk anymore in England, do they? Oh, they do in some places, yeah. yeah. There's um, a guy in Liverpool who still does it, I know. Yeah. My granddad was a milkman oh, yeah. in Ireland. Uh, and, uh, like, we're just obsessed with milk. I drink, like, about two pints a day. Yeah. Like, we used to get milk delivered in the proper glass bottles. Yeah. And I used to never like milk at all. And one morning, I was really hungover. And I was looking in the fridge, like, how can I get out of this hangover? And the, the milk was calling to me in a nice, clear glass bottle. And I had a sip and thought, oh, my God. It's changed my life. I've been addicted to it since. When you have a hangover, you kind of crave fat. And sugar and salt and just hangovers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, milk did the trick for me. Yeah. In England, you do have a certain knowledge of hangovers, do you? Well, knowledge knowledge would suggest that we've learned something about it, but I don't think so. <laughs> oh, people get pissed in, on the continent. I, I've heard. In Brittany, in Brittany, you know, Brittany is a special part of France. Right. We have a flat over there, and we go you know, the, by the seaside. We, we go there often. Man, people drink over there. It's yeah. incredible. incredible. They start in the afternoon, and they end their evening, you know, one totally pissed. Jeez. That's every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. Legends. No, terrible. Brittany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's pretty close to the UK, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the Dutch as well, like, like a drink. Oh, do they? Cool. Mm. So you're playing, you're playing at um, Toby's festival, right? Yeah. Yeah, with no great uh, Toby Medland. The great Toby Medland. Hello. Hello. Yeah. The Almighty. <laughs> How's that hummus? Oh, it's delicious. It's good, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. Hummus is the best. Hummus is the best. It's well good. <laughs> um, and you're playing with. You, you you know how to eat hummus. You must put olive oil on it, hey? Ooh. Oh yeah, I was gonna buy some. I forgot. There's some olives. Squeeze them. Yeah. Yeah. Squeeze them. Squeeze them. Yeah. 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 The Manu gentleman. Yeah, the gentleman of the jazz Manu. Is that so? Yeah, he's yeah. Quite a gentlemanly kind of bloke. Yes, and he's got hundreds of pairs of shoes and. Uh, <laughs> sure, I should call him that kind of guy. Of <laughs> <laughs> he's a very posh fellow and a very intelligent guy. Yeah. Very, very intelligent. Very intelligent. Oh, I look forward to meeting him. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Great who, player. Who, who have you got? Is it just you two, or have you got like a band? No, we've got a band that we're thinking of putting together. Yeah, so we I will be playing with us yet. That's going to be... What date is that gig, Toby? Fifteenth. Uh, yeah. Of May. Yeah. And this will be out by then, I promise. I'll get this together. This will be next. <laughs> yeah, fifteenth of May. Where is it? To lose... Brasserie to lose the trek. That's really oh, that's nice To lose the trek. Oh, yeah. no, I, I just uh, went to, see, to look at their site and I saw that they're, um, they used to have this French friend of mine, a uh, saxophonist, uh, Marc Thomas, who used to play there often. Okay. Mark Thomas. Yeah. Who's dead now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's a great club. It's lovely. It seems lovely to, to have a nice atmosphere, yeah. Cool. 
really it's quite exciting. It's never been a Gypsy Jazz Festival in London, so yeah. Toad for the first time with proper players. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really yeah. excited about it. Well done, Toby. Thanks, Sonia. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, just I want to have a quick talk to you about your violin playing because you you're obviously quite an enthusiast and you've been playing a long time. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, eh? Quite keen. Yeah, quite keen. Yeah. Keen interest. What? <laughs> For That's a lot of players. A very English word for you. Typical understatement. You get a good go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You well. do seem to like the bloody thing, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, what keeps you enthusiastic about it, even now after all these years? Because I, I know some people who they learn an instrument and they practice mad hard to begin with, but they kind of they plateau, they stop pushing themselves. Where it seems like you've got a love affair with it. What, what keeps it going, man? Well, it's uh, because it's too difficult. Okay. It's too difficult. Yeah. You can't get around the instrument. So uh, there's this guy I'm mad about. It's called um, Paganini. Oh, I've heard yeah. of him, yeah. He was keen as well. He was enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, work his, I, do, I work a lot of his, what he wrote. And uh, it's incredible the way he got around the fiddle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you haven't got enough of a lifetime to go around the subject of music have you and especially the the, the violin is uh, very unforgiving if you if you you can't just leave it in the corner of a room and, but i enjoy the violin i love the object and i've got a quite a few violins i collect them okay um i'm organized sessions uh, where we uh, test out different uh, what i was telling you about earlier yeah yeah different inventions made by people all around the world for the for the violin, we test them mm. with uh, luthier friends, and we write articles. And yeah, I'm just mad about the violin. I'm a monomaniac. Is that what it's called? Mm. Monomania. Monomania. Yeah. Amazing. I'm interested in the violin. <laughs> and this one here is this one because this I bought um, a month ago. Okay. It's a it's a Hungarian violin. Mm. Oh. I like I like the sound so I like it. It sounds lovely. I see I'm envious of violin players and double bass players and stuff because their instruments usually have this mad story. They're like two hundred years old and stuff. <laughs> like, this is like, well, there was a factory in China for this yeah. <laughs> Some lads put it together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, all these violins they all had their own story. Yeah. Know? Like well, Toby's is pretty old, isn't it? Yeah. Eighteen eighty one. Huh? Yeah. I think a guitar wouldn't last that long. He just. Well, that's a question, a no? real question. I think they, the problem with guitars is that mm. uh, they say in French they get rinsed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They lose yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the power and, the, and the, you can't play with them that much. Mm. But then I've, I heard once I was in Roman's school and he had this old uh, Buzato. Uh -huh. Wow, it was cracked all over the place. Right. But the sound was incredible. Well, I was with my accompanist, Julian, Julien Catiou, okay. and he was looking for a guitar. I said, buy that one, buy that one. <laughs> and, but Roman didn't want to sell it. Yeah, <laughs> understandably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like it's a good one. Well, the thing is with, um, like, you get a new guitar, and of course they take a certain amount of years for the wood to kind of sit into the resonance yeah. of it. But I think it's kind of, it's got its peak, and yeah, then yeah. it quickly mm -hmm. starts kind of going down again. Yeah. But I think violins keep going for quite a long yeah. time. You know, an interesting thing, we you know how Gibson guitars went bust, like... Oh, yeah, recently, yeah. Yeah, well, one of the interesting things is the trees that they're getting the wood from, 
when they first started, there was a lot of kind of basically fresh forests, so trees that are yeah. thousands of years old that you, they were harvesting. But then eventually they ran out of those forests they could use, and then they're using wood from trees that have been planted, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. They're fully grown, but they're, they're not as old, so the wood is seriously dense and heavy, mm -hmm. and they just don't resonate in any way the same. Yeah. But there's no way you can get those trees without you know, cutting down endangered places. So there's basically a point from about the 1980s where the guitars they make, they're just never going to be quite as good. Mm -hmm. you just, you, they just can't be built the same. You know? yeah. It's a constant struggle, though. Like, when you look at the violins, it's a beautiful small instrument with a powerful voice. And we got this mm. kind of fairly big box and we are just well, I mean, planking these sounds. It's just even bigger. Oh, look it's, at that, yeah. exactly. It's, it's all just... in the... Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Harder. <laughs> I'm quite interested how you don't use a shoulder rest. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, because I, I, I had problems, you know, I had um. I've already told you this. Story. Yeah, on, uh, yeah, on the train. <laughs> they, they, uh, I went to see a doctor because I had this big lump, and the, they, they said, "Well, well Mr. Martin, you've got cancer." Well, I said, oh, wow. <laughs> so I uh, went and had a, had it, you know, bi a biopsy, mm -hmm. see what where it was, and it took months. And through for those three months, I was really me and my wife. We were scared. Yeah, you uh, were and uh, it ended up being uh, non-malignant, so it was oh, fine. Oh, thank God, eh? yeah. But during that period, I said, oh, well, this is a lump. Maybe it's my bone movements or something. And so I started thinking about the way I was holding the instrument a lot. And I stopped using a shoulder rest so as to get the, the, the bow lower, mm. you see? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we bring it up, so you bring your, the, whole, the whole arm up. Yeah. And I started, you know, just testing things out, and I found it better. It's... It takes time to get, you know, to let go, because you have to let go with the... We tend to hold the violin like this, and you yeah, have to yeah. learn to let go. Well, I remember, I remember Use that. gravity. When, that time when, when you told, when you went to that story first, then there was like a jam in the gig or whatever, and you came up to him, because I was, I was playing in the jam, and you said, oh, you hold it all the way up there. And like, that, that was quite yeah. Because like, I personally, I demonstrate, but I hold my violin, yeah, really high up. I have my shoulder rest really high. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's, yeah. You see, I, I believe that if um, we were supposed to use a shoulder rest, uh, the violin would have uh, had a, a thicker body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, they wouldn't have used them back in the rock era. And... No, well, they didn't have them. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they didn't have chin rests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, um... Well, I mean, to be fair, they had a completely different that's, kind of technique. That's well, the, the, yeah, that's why I changed my whole... I uh, went to, you know... Change the whole way I go up scales, or I mean, go up the violin, or down. Mm. Different way of shifting, etc. Mm. How easy was it to re rejiggle it? How long did it take to yeah. get your head around? Because it's difficult. It's, to it's the violin's a, an interesting uh, thing for me, so it, I I, uh, I didn't think of it in a question of uh, how long it takes. Yeah, it's going to take a hell of a long time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's yeah. I don't know why anyone would choose to play the violin. <laughs> so uh, there you go. There you have it. Shall we do another one, lads? Yeah. Yeah. How about um uh, 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 uh,
Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the first hey, jam sessions. <laughs> it's midday! <laughs> I remember one of the first jam sessions. I'll suffer I went to the, the morning sunrise. We got into both, they don't know. <laughs> I remember going to a jam session once, one of the first ones I went to London, called this tune out, and got my first taste of vibe in London. No. They, they were going to start a tune, not even tell me what it was. And I was like, oh, that's like, what are we playing? And he, he was like, he was already annoyed because I asked what tune it was. And then he kind of said, mm, yeah. and he was like, what is that? And he said something like, the kid is in town. And I was just like, oh, I don't know that one, lads. Because um, it was either look rubbish and say you don't know it, or look really bad trying to play a tune you don't know. And he just looked at me and was like, well, what do you want to play, mate? Um, and I went, softly, is anyone want to surprise? And he just was like, like are you kidding? Is it like, you really gonna pick that? And I was like, there's no meaning this thing. Yeah, well, I think. Was I that a jazz jam? Was it like a proper jazz I won't jam? say where. It, I mean, it was, it, yeah, it was jazz. I wanted okay. it to jazz. It was Tell us afterwards. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, the, 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 the more you play them, the more difficult they become to play. Because you've got to get, find new ideas. And yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, people end up not liking all the things you are and stuff like that. But it's not the tune they don't like, the it's tune. the way you play it you don't yeah, like absolutely. anymore. Yeah, 100%. Uh, still by there's no tune time. So, but then again, in different regions, if you go to New York, they'll call out different tunes that we don't call out Okay. in Paris. And you'll call out different tunes we don't call out in Paris. So that's funny too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a language and dialect. It's a, yeah. All right, let's do it. And let's give the A section just like a G pedal. Yeah. And then so we'll get to the B, we'll just yeah. swing it. All the way through. Yeah?
not just like bask into applause after you finish. <laughs> you're, you're but, and I, I almost did, but recording. Usually for an audience of mine, it's weird to applause. Like, <laughs> no, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, this is what we, we're used to. It just that's <laughs> yeah. it. Some background mu- noise of people just drinking and chatting. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> or just awkward silence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is a modern vision of jazz, isn't it? I mean... Four musicians on stage and one person in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of the better attended gigs I've ever <laughs> So, you uh, studied in Paris, you went there when you were a kid, and you stuck around in Paris, right? I studied, well, as a kid I studied in South Africa, and then I came to Paris. Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, attend school very much, because I was living sort of, like on my own. Okay. Didn't go to school. Okay. Not much. I, I regret that actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, went into one or two rock bands. Then got interested in in in, in jazz music. And first, I, actually, I got interested in blues first with a guy called um, uh, JJ Kale. Oh yeah. Oh, and then uh, went into jazz, attended a jazz school in Paris. And I met with DJ Lockwood. And um, he gave me one or two sessions, work with him. And then we did a thing together, a violin orchestra together. And I toured with him for one or two years. And then I went through a difficult period of my life where I stopped sort of everything. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And, um, was it a long time? Yeah, seven years. Seven took me, you know, ten years to get back to, to ship shape. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I wrote music during that time at home, and uh, then I went into when I got out uh, of that story, I went into the metro to practice, get my technique back. Yeah, was good, man. Yeah, well, it was more a way of really practicing in a in a corridor in the in the subway. Yeah, and then people would give you money, but uh, it's yeah, it's just good way of practicing and uh, feeling sort of useful because people are on their way to on their way to work. The ones who stop to enjoy your music, they yeah. they talk to you. Yeah. They you know, it's a it's a good way of uh, of learning. I, I did a lot of busking when I was in York because York is a very kind of touristy town. It's got yeah. loads of old medieval stuff. There's loads of tourists who are really into it. And it was a really good way of staying like match fit because you'd spend like four, maybe six hours just playing constantly over yeah. changes. And so you're always match fit. And in London, I came and tried to use busking in London, but <coughs> it's much more like cutthroat down here. It's mm-hmm. way it? more they, they don't do the thing in the subway anymore, do they? They well, used to. You can busk in a... But you have to apply for a license yeah. now. Oh, so they, they still do yeah. that license yeah. thing. I, yeah. I had the license in Paris to do that. Okay, so you need yeah. a license to in Paris. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some friends of mine, um, a really good guitar duo, uh, Tom plays guitar, he sings, they applied to get the busking license for the, for the tube. And they have 400 um, licenses they give out every year, but they have about 4,000 applications. Yeah. Okay. So they obviously don't go through all 4,000. So if you're at the top of the list, then yeah. you're lucky. And they invite you to do an audition. Yeah. What was quite funny is um, Evie and Tom write their own music. And it's really good. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and so they thought that's kind of the ace of our sleeve because there was loads of other singer-songwriters just doing covers. So they thought, we're going to nail this. 
and they had to email in advance a set list of the tunes they're going to do, and then the um, tune people who were going to audition them would pick the ones they could play these. Apparently, when they turned up, the tune people were like, "Oh yeah, we d we don't recognise any of these tunes," and they mm -hmm. said, "Oh well, these are these are originals," and they went, "Huh?" I was like, "Do you know any covers? <laughs> like, do, do you know any Oasis or Ed Sheeran?" Yeah, yeah. They're a bit crestfallen, really, but um, they didn't. I don't think they got the got the license anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, it's sort of weird because they do a heavy audition thing just to get the kind of bog standard performer yeah. to come in. Kind of... I got a license for South Bank. Yeah. For um, South Bank? Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you know South Bank? So opposite um, the Royal Royal Festival. South Bank Centre. Yeah, so that. Yeah, okay. um, so I got that, yeah, I did an audition and everything for that. They were quite, I played, I played swing gitan, so kind of, oh, yeah. kind of jazzy, gypsy. They like that. Um, but I, I, did, I, I did it doing classical music. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, classical. funny enough, I I realised that you don't make any money playing jazz, no matter how fun it is. Mm -hmm. So I started playing all the classical pops, like um, like lots of Elgar and whatnot. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, you rake it in, but it, as soon as you start playing something that people yeah, just they, they, don't forget, like... Yeah. But it's interesting, because uh, it's a, um, an interesting way of um, uh, perceiving the public, you see, because you've got people going by. So that's the normal your normal uh, atmosphere you're playing and you've got people walking by and then in the middle of a piece you've got someone who'll stop and start looking at you and so that's interesting because the space changes whereas in an audience you know you've got a mass in front fixed. of you yeah. so it's quite good for for, um, for your training mm. it gives you a thick skin as well because yeah. it's nice when that one person does stop but when you've been an hour or something nobody stops it's, yeah. uh, it's a bit soul <laughs> practice so much and the book is a toss yeah. <laughs> and, and when you went over to study in Paris like um, you, you stayed like you must like Paris a lot like you've, you've lived in Paris ever since then is that right? yeah well I was a kid when I arrived in yeah. Paris I was 14 yeah, yeah. And yeah Paris is a nice city because it's small whereas uh, a lot of other cities are huge yeah, yeah. It's, it's a city but it feels more I mean town. capitals so yeah. it's, it's, yeah, much smaller than London. Mm -mm. Yeah, i got to admit, as much as I do like London, I, I, didn't, I don't think I'd be here forever, if you know what I mean. Like, most people you meet in London are going to be in London for about 10 years, and then they kind of move off. But, I mean, you've been here for like... I've been here for 11 years. 11 years, and you've yeah. been here for 20 years. Yeah, I've dived quite far too much. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you're still here, it must be going all right. You must, you must like it now. The first, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, something, obviously something that's keeping me here. Yeah, everybody, it's always love-hate yeah. people in London. There's stuff yeah. you love and stuff you hate. And it's just a trade-off, isn't it? Yeah, after all these years, even if, you know, I've got my reasons for being here, and as we said, it's love and hate, I'm kind of already planning how I could go somewhere else, or if I could go back to Italy, you know. This, it's just it's too big of a city. It's not humane, in a sense. Exactly. Isn't yeah, it? It's, it's, not, just, it's not a normal way. It's not, no. Live, no. Really. Everything you do, it takes you 50 minutes to go somewhere and then go back. So it's intense. Isn't it? do, do you know what though? Like, I, as much as I love to be back in York, I love mm. York. It's absolutely class. But uh, I'm kind of spoiled by the music scene here. Mm. Like, we couldn't do this in. York, oh no, definitely. Really, like, um, that's why we're here. Yeah, it yeah, kind of keeps really you awesome. here because yeah, I'd, I'd miss it a lot. You know, I'd really miss it if I moved up to York. Yeah, here you can play every day with other musicians, getting gigs. It's very easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just home. like the people you can go see live. Oh yeah, just, like, you know, down the street. You know. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I think London is going to soar up. Because uh, I see all the young musicians coming in, yeah. And uh, it might take over, actually. London might well, take over. Hey, we're taking over, guys. <laughs> in a funny roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking over. Uh, because when I was young and I came to, uh, to uh, England and up north and I was trying to find people playing jazz, they were either traditional jazz players or... Um, you know, very modern, yeah. out, outside jazz, sure, you know. sure, sure. nothing in between. Yeah. I was into fusion, you know, Pat Matheny, Pat Matheny yeah. and, and uh, but nowadays you've got all that all over the place, yeah. everything, yeah, all the styles. Yeah, there really is everything here now, which is pretty. It good. is actually really vibrant jazz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how it was when I first moved to London. There's even like a gypsy jazz festival. I don't know if you've, you've heard of that. Oh, it's mm-hmm. I've heard about that one. Yeah. Oh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how has it changed since the 20 years that you've been? Um, I'd just say loads more musicians than when I first yeah. moved here. So. And lots of musicians playing lots of different styles within the category of jazz, you know. Mm. Um, when I first moved to London, there was like maybe three or four double bass players doing all of the jazz gigs around oh, the yeah? really? So mm-hmm. oh, I maybe slightly exaggerate. Driving around in the cities then. When I first moved to London, oh, and you're going to be working every night. You're going to be yeah. every night because there was hardly anyone. But now there's, I can think of like a hundred really wicked bass players. Do you know what though? They're still bloody hard to find. Hard to find. Yeah. I don't know. I'm convinced that bass players like, they kind of like kill each other or something or like because there's so few few of them. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Even in London, I find it hard to find really? a bass player. Yeah, they trip each other. Oh, you're a bass player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, the brakes on my car are broken again. Like, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Interesting. You don't have that at all with violin. I guess in Paris, there's a considerable more greater number of but the, jazz there, there are less yeah. violin gigs. Well, that's I was going to get to that. People like, don't want violinists, you, you see. Yeah, like it's, it's not a jazz instrument as in the vocals. Well, the violinists are pricks for one thing. Also, I'd like to say, in some time I've been in London, the scene now is much more supportive and much more friendly. Okay, okay. What do you mean, the bass players? It's much smaller. We're not quite we're not actually trying to kill each other. They actually. Ju- actually say hello to you now, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about like, like your experience at that time. Yeah, so yeah. That was normal back then. Yeah, and, well. Um, now I find, you know, it's just amongst not just the younger players, but everyone's just much more interested in playing nice music. And yeah, exactly. Creating a good We're all on the same team. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely a big refreshing difference. It was quite intimidating. Oh, fair. Listen, I just just presume that people learnt that from when they first went to the jam, people act like that with them. So then when they become the kind of the elders of the scene, they put you Mm. through that. Yes, that was the vibe. And now those guys have sort of been pushed out a little bit by the Again, faulty brakes on the cars, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but one thing about Paris though or France in general is that when I started the business we were earning the minimum minimum wage for a gig was 500 francs which is for how many players? for what? how many in the band? no for per 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 person person, 500 francs so that would mean uh, 
today 75 euros okay 75 quid uh, okay okay, okay right. uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, like, and quid. that <laughs> uh, yeah, no but that today would be like worth like maybe 350 or 400 euros okay in in terms of um, inflation what you can uh, buy what you can buy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You could live, live, nearly live a week on on what on one gig, right? You know, and 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 it's it, it hasn't. I mean, it's been going either stagnating or going downhill. Well, I don't know if it's the same for you. Same same pay as twenty years ago. You, there's definitely gigs which pay the same as twenty years ago. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I think it depends what type of gigs you're doing. Yeah, but yeah, I think. There is still that level of gigs mm. that hasn't changed. Yeah, th there's well, some yeah. lads in, I think it's Huddersfield, that have been running their jam session for 20 odd years and mm. they were getting paid 40 quid a man 20 odd years ago and they're still getting paid 40 quid. Oh, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's kind of, it's almost the same. You know? Obviously, as you said, it can change a lot, depends which kind of gig. If you do yeah, a small pub gig, you know, they pay you 50 quid and a lot of people do it. I do it. And that type of gig would have been paid 50 quid. 20 exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But what I heard is that outside London you get way more money than here. Like, well, it's well, normal to get. It's yeah. the same, right? Yeah, yeah, because there's too many players and so exactly venues it. know that they can just yeah. give you what they want. Yeah, there's, there's all the players come to London and they're all trying to make it and they're quite yeah. happy just to do it for the exposure, if you know what I mean. I tried paying pay my rent last week with exposure. They don't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> I think it's quite sad, actually, in genres that aren't jazz. Like, for example, indie rock. Yeah. Not that I know anything about it, but for example, that some venues are getting the bands to pay them to play. Like, I think that's... that's yeah, yeah, Actually, it's funny you mentioned indie rock, because ages ago when I was playing some alternative rock... With you know, eyeliner. With eyeliner, with my <laughs> long hair. Uh, I was getting more money for alternative rock gigs than what I get now from mm, no, from no. jazz gigs. Yeah. yeah, in Italy we were getting like you know just the minimum money and food. Italy is hard, eh, for musicians. Eh? There's not many opportunities there. Yeah. I know for sure. And they travel a lot, eh? They go yeah. around, uh, across the country for a gig. Yeah, even if you live in Milan, yes, there's more music, but you have to yeah. go around. It's crazy. Yeah. Last year, play last year. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any requests? I've been calling them all out. Let's play a ballad. Yeah, ballad, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, ballad. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got to look them up. D minor? That's the one, yeah, yeah.
Django, apparently, is it? No, I'm not sure. Uh, it's not a Django, sorry. It's more contemporary. Is it Django? On the That's what it says on the real it? book, but I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's a modern tune, right? No, no, no. Let's just say that I wrote it for now. So. <laughs> you, can, maybe, you can always try. There you go. See what they One say. One of my originals here, anybody? That's what people are going to keep on repeating. No, it's yours. It's yours. Okay.
That was, I, I messed up on that one. I'm sorry, Jeff. Yeah, well, that was the main Brilliant. Finished. Thanks, thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you later. <laughs>